We're bringing you all you need to succeed in the real estate business. It's Spilling the LT, brought to you by Lawyer's Title, telling you what it's really like to work in real estate. Welcome back. Uh, today, we are going to talk about real estate investing in vacation homes. But first, I'm your host, Tamara Gady, Director of Collin County Sales for Lawyer's Title. If you love my content, you're going to really love my escrow team. So I hope you'll give us an opportunity to earn your business. My contact information will be included with this podcast. Please make sure to reach out to me and let me know how we can be of service to you. I'd like to introduce my guest. First off, I've got Sean Chimelman. He is the regional manager for Texas Tech Federal Credit Union. Total baller in lending. I think you guys need to give him a shot uh, to earn your business as well because he will take great care of it and take great care of you and your clients. I've also got David Russell with the Russell team at uh, Powered Now by EXP Realty. And uh, these are two friends of mine. We've been talking a lot about investing, not just in vacation homes, but just second homes, rental homes, short-term rentals, things like that. And I know it's of a lot of interest to the people that will be listening to this podcast. So I'd like to dive right in um, and start talking about some of these things. Obviously, uh, to me, it's a little bit selfish because I want the information just as bad as everybody else might. So uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, David, for joining me today. Excited to have you guys. You've been on before. I have. This is Sean's first time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming today. Um, by the way, thank you for always taking care of my escrow team. You reached out to one of my escrow assistants today and she was thrilled. Thinks you're <laughs> one of the nicest guys on the planet. And so do I. So, uh, let's kick off with a little bit of background. Uh, David, do you want to give us a little bit of background on how you got here? How long you've been in the business, what you're up to? Well, uh, real estate, been in business as a realtor 16 years this year, 16 years, about 14, sorry, 12 years with Abby Halliday, two and a half, three years with Compass, and recently moved over to EXP and started investing in rentals eight, nine years ago, and then rolled over to what we call midterm rental and, and vacation rental just about four years ago. Mm-hmm. I know because you're my mentor. You're the first <laughs> I person I called. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what do I need to know? <laughs> so I call you every time I want to know about something uh, that has to do with what rental not to homes. do. Yeah. You, wanna, you call me with what you don't want <laughs> yeah, to you do. You go first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean, let's uh, talk about your background a little bit and how you got here. Sure. Yeah. I've been in mortgage lending for 18 years now, uh, finance in, in by itself for 25 years, and then really getting to the investment properties and uh you know capital investments and things like that last three years so it's been uh it's been a long ride you're a busy guy very (laughs) always got your hands in something for sure (laughs) both of you um and so i you know obviously we've had a lot of conversations about investing in you know david you and i started talking about rentals just regular traditional rentals and then you guys moved into the short-term rentals here in DFW, and you're, you've been telling me how much money you've been making off of those bad boys, trying to convince me to do it's, it. I'm it's, like, I'm it's not there. It's been good. It's been <laughs> yeah. good. Can't complain. And then uh, both of you, I think you were first to go up to Broken Bow and start, of the two, and start looking around, right? It is because yep. and bro, we got mm-hmm. into Broken Bow because of you and then because of Sean. So it, you got us into Broken Bow. <laughs> I did? How did I do that? You introduced us to Sean. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. said, hey, you need to talk to my friend Sean about Broken Bow. Yeah, absolutely. Because of what we were doing here in Dallas. You said you need to expand to Broken Bow, and Sean's the man to help you. And he was, and he is. 
Yay me. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. We're talking great. about you. We're talking great. <laughs> well, um, let's let's kind of talk about some of the things that I think if you're not familiar with how do you even approach investing in a vacation home, you know, there's there's when I started looking at this, I had more questions that I had answers to. And so I know I've peppered you guys quite a bit with um, ideas and let's talk through strategy and what am I need to look for. So um, is it a good idea to invest in a vacation home right now? I would say yes. It's always a good in time because property values have been going up. You look at any five-year period, they're always increased, right? And so right now they say it's a buyer, a seller's market, but I think it's really just as much a buyer's market because you're going to recoup some equity so fast with depreciation on these properties right now. And since 2020, people have been doing more short-term rental type of vacations more than they ever have. Mm -hmm. So you look at occupancy rates on VRBOs and different short-term rentals, it's, it's through the roof compared to what it used to be prior to 2020. Yeah. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with that. It's definitely, I say it's a great investment. Do we think everybody's already in Broken Bow? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. It's They're trying. <laughs> oh, no. I know. Yeah. I have several realtors in DFW that are investing um, up there. So, and not just there, other places as well. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but that, you know, Broken Bow really, in my mind, became extremely popular when shelter in place happened. Mm -hmm. And right after that, people were wanting to still go somewhere, but they didn't want to go far and you didn't want to get in an airplane and, you know, be around people. And you go to Broken Bow and you got your cabin all to yourself and you don't have to leave if you don't want to, right. <laughs> you know? So it became extremely popular. Um, it was popular before, but mm -hmm. it, it, the popularity obviously increased because of that. Um, and I think it's still an affordable place to go for a vacation if you've got a big family. Mm -hmm. And it's so, close. It's three it's hours close, away. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's three hours from Metroplex. It's, mm -hmm. you know, complete it's, it's, different scenery. Yeah, you have hills, lakes, mm -hmm. rivers, trout fishing, a lot of stuff for kids to do. Like the wineries are there, breweries. Just go yeah, hike, hiking. Yeah, you can go hiking. Yeah, you go hiking. Yeah, when you go hiking around, it's just kind of a little bit of something out of the Metroplex element that's really close by. Well, and there's it, been a lot really of expansion too, right? Because you keep talking about the casino that's being on, right. being worked on, and mm -hmm. um, there's going to be more, you know, retail and um, development up there. There's been, you've been talking about a few. Right. expansion ideas i don't necessarily want to give them all away <laughs> yeah definitely i mean i think the cat's out of the box with broken bow now it's it's really kind of spreading and around metroplex pretty pretty well which mm -hmm. is why it's it's running out a lot you know i first started go there on vacation seven years ago like nobody even heard of it in dallas yeah and then even five years ago no one heard of it and then like i said recently it's just been booming and all of a sudden the word's spreading mm -hmm. um so yeah it's becoming a hidden little gym that's really not so hidden anymore and the mm -hmm. casino is building a, a huge convention center there and a hotel um that's outside of what they already have um just a lot of expansions every time i was just up there last week and every time i go up there every couple of months there's something new mm -hmm. there's a new restaurant the bowling alley popped up since last time i went there uh, interesting okay but yeah it's 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 ever-changing and obviously the the homes are amazing because it's like there's a lot of vacation spots around you can go to fredericksburg for mm -hmm. stuff but nothing has the cabins like broken buddhas yeah. these are high luxury gorgeous cabins or more simplistic if you want that but it has a lot of outdoor aspects to go hiking where you can't really do that you know around texas so much no you don't the topography is very different the outdoor activities are very different it's a little cooler than dallas mm -hmm. which is a big deal 
and, and the product, like you mentioned, it's it, Broken Bow is the Wild West right now. So mm-hmm. any type of business that you can imagine a community like Broken Bow or a, a vacation community like that needs, they have a need for it. Every single, it just it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. business it is. There's a there's a lack of infrastructure and in every type of business that you can imagine, which is why there's now that what is it the axe throwing? There's mm-hmm. two axe throwing places now. No, that right. doesn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> two in a town that has a, a permanent residency of what a hundred? Yeah, there's outdoor mazes. There's, yeah. so there's bars. There's restaurants. Um, there's a, there's one restaurant there that flies in their uh, calamari every three days. That's right. And it's phenomenal. Best calamari I've had in Dallas. Yeah, it's this little Head teeny place, idea. and you're like, yeah. why am I getting this amazing food? It's funny you've been going there seven years. Lisa and I have been going there probably ten or more, yeah. and we never stayed at a. Ca- I didn't even know those cabins existed. Yeah, where did you stay? We stayed at the state park. The camping, oh, camp, the, the campgrounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, the little for, ca- for those listening, you have to understand. How David likes to vacation. <laughs> it's a tent sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Not the way Lisa, my wife, likes to vacation. Yeah. Let's be clear on that. Outdoor camping at, at its yeah. at its simplest. <laughs> well, it was easy to, you know, it's real church. We don't go weekends. We only, you typically mm-hmm. had one night a week, maybe two. So we could pop into the state park, those little cabins. Yeah. They're, they're, they're shelter. They're not nice. <laughs> it's just basic shelter. And we would go there kayak. You've lost half my realtor audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. Half that audience. For Actually, sure. probably more than half. <laughs> yeah. Most of these cabins now are, are nicer than our homes we live yes. in. They're, They're high-end luxury. High-end, so one, two million pictures, dollar homes, a lot of them. They're, they're gorgeous homes, right? Uh, th- those pictures you sent me, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah, they're amazing. And, and now it's getting more creative. We're getting Because people are trying to build something that's a little bit different to draw to catch more attention. So mm-hmm. you get people, some of the builders trying to do something different and and you could kind of push the creative envelope with some builders to make something more unique so it stands out. So you can some, some gorgeous houses building up there. Okay, and I'm going to kind of dive into that a little bit later, but I want to back up a little bit. So let's say, okay, you've decided that you want to buy a vacation home. We're we're focusing mm-hmm. on Broken Bow today, but I know you've been looking at some other areas as well. But um, you obviously have to find your your people, mm-hmm. right? You've got to find a realtor. you got to have a property manager, I would hope you would want a property manager. You know, you need companies that are going to help you um, set up the property because you've got to fully furnish the property with dishes and sheets and towels and salt and pepper and all Mm -hmm. those things. So how does one go about, and then obviously there's a title company involved somewhere um, in all of this. How does one go about identifying their partners for purchasing their first vacation home in, let's say, Broken Bow? I think key for me is if the realtor is really important, yep. right? The realtor is very, important. very important because she's going to know if you're going into an area you're un- unfamiliar with, she's going to know maybe a lot of those resources for you. Because if you don't live there and you're trying right. to buy something, you know, I was in Hot Springs, Arkansas last week, checking out some areas over there. I don't know anybody there, so I'm going to have to go find a good realtor. And I, hey, do you have resources for a good management company and, and decorator that comes in and preps the whole house for you? And, you know, if I'm going to build, who's who's the builder to go to here, right? And what are the samples? So I think that's that's always been my first step is that realtor is very important. Yep, totally agree. Once you get the realtor, the other the other thing, and this this applies really heavily to Broken Bow, and, and I, don't, I haven't looked at Hot Springs yet, Um 
Ironically, you mentioned that it is an area that I've thought about looking at because it is fairly close to Dallas. But I think an area to help with that research, the research is Facebook. There's a lot of Facebook groups for these different vacation areas, cabin owners. Mm-hmm. I jumped on one. I mean, I, I found you one. Get a lot of, you get a lot of insight when you yes, get on those when you Facebook page. You find out what services you might not want to use. You get recommendations for those you want to use. What are the trends? What are the problems? So I found that the Facebook pages up in Broken Bow in particular were incredibly valuable. I found that to be the case too. It was really interesting because someone was looking for a realtor and I, you know, followed down the whole stream, you know, to see who the common names were because there's always going to be common names. Yep. And that's a good indicator of who's doing the best book of business in that particular area. So I think that's a great golden nugget and easy way to start is to, if you're on social media, join some of these private groups for that particular area that focus on investing there and that would be a really good resource for you to start to identify some of the people you might want to work with. So I think that's a great, great start. And you got something to add, well, David? Was just, yeah, and I think Sean's point about starting with the realtor is, is really critical and in interviewing maybe more than one because you really want a realtor that's going to give you some data. You need somebody who's data-driven, not just trying to sell a house, but actually focused on data. But those that are going to give you an honest opinion of what's happening in the area, Mm -hmm. what builders to Mm -hmm. use, what builders not to use. So I think it's important that you really vet that realtor. Yeah, I had a conversation with the one Sean sent me, and I was asking all kinds of questions, all kinds of stuff. You know, I've bought several houses here now, so I'm pretty savvy at identifying, you know, what could be a potential problem with a property. And so it was kind of like, what's maintenance like? What is, do you have foundation problems? You know, like <laughs> what's the soil like? You know, right. that's a question we have to ask here. How are the, how are the foundations built? Um, you know, do you, and then she was shared with me a ton of information about, do you want a three bedroom or a one bedroom and the difference in the occupancy rates? And then it was down to, you want a paved road, not a gravel road because all the Dallas Porsches can't right. make it up the gravel. <laughs> That was one note, that was one comment uh, that I read on Facebook in one of the private groups is somebody who'd bought a cabin, Mm -hmm. had a Porsche or an an exotic car like that, and they were rather upset when they tried to go to their cabin and they couldn't get to it because the roads weren't maintained. Yep. Yep. Part of that too is, you know, Broken Bow is now separate, you got Hocha Town, which they emancipated last year, so now they're their own town. Okay, that's helpful because I didn't really know that. Right, so most of that area I would call Hocha Town because it's all in Beaver's Bend National Park, right? right? Yeah, Beaver's Bend National Park's the whole... You have Hocha Town, it's really, to me, the the good cabin area, and then south it goes into Broken Bow, really, and and, uh, Idabel, right? Yeah. yeah, Hocha Town's really the the town now because they kind of separated out, become their own towns. So they can get taxes and make, one, they're going to try to maintain the roads and produce yeah. a lot better road system, um, but also so they can support that area with uh, more centralized taxes on it. Yeah. That's right. Is your cabin in the in the incorporated area now? It's in Hocha Town. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I didn't know everything, but you just say Broken Bow. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like the <laughs> whole, right? Broken Bow. Yeah. Yeah. That's like kind of saying like Dallas, right? Yeah, right. Right. You, People ask me right. where I'm from. I'm from Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, they, they, have they been, I don't think they've been assigned their zip code yet. I don't know if they have supposed to be coming. Yeah. But, but at least they're, they have the infrastructure there and they're starting to build, um, build out, you know, their game plan for the roads and different infrastructure. Right. Yeah. Well, because you were telling me about going to see a cabin out in Broken Bow and 
you know, that it was like a, riding a roller coaster because oh, yeah. of the hills and yes, yes. You know, tell, tell you want to tell that story. That was, um, I don't remember this. But it's Carter Mountain, but it's on the west side. Have you mm-hmm. been there mm-hmm. where they poured a new concrete? You don't have a cabin there, do you? No, not on that side. No. Yeah, no. So that was yeah. I was not a fan of that that particular neighborhood just because of the 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 incline of the hills, and I actually asked a couple of different people, uh, property managers, and neither one of them are going up there. So you just have to be careful. You almost have to have feet mm-hmm. on the ground, like you went out to. Right to hot springs, you have to go be feet on the ground with the realtor and learn mm. the different areas and what are the pros and cons, how far out. So in Broken Bow, Hochitown to be specific, you know, do you want to have a cabin that's four or five miles down an unmaintained dirt road? That's a decision you have to make as an investor. Mm-hmm. And if you have, some of those cabins mm. are really high end, mid one, they're building them now 1.5 mm-hmm. and up. And if you're four or five miles out in the country, what's around you and how easy is it to get there in the winter and during a rainstorm? Do you want that? I thought that was, yeah, something really interesting to consider because when you think of that area, you think of staying somewhere very rural, you know, where you're by yourself and you see all the pine trees and all the things, you know, all the beautiful nature and things like that. But you have to, you don't think about what does it take to get to that cabin in the middle of all the nature, you know? There's a reason all the property management companies have four wheel drive trucks. Right. With tow hitches on the, with winches on the front. Well, but if you're thinking about an investment property, that's a serious concern because who's, you know, it, not everybody who's coming to stay in your cabin is going to be driving a four wheel drive vehicle. It's a know? factor. Yeah. I think that's some of that stuff. It just seems so minor, but it's so, it's not, it's very mm-hmm. major when you're talking about buying something there um, or any kind of area like that. Yeah, definitely. And I think we can kind of, we can step back too and it's like, you know, you got into short-term rentals. What's your take on the comparison between that versus like long-term rentals? Like what's your, the benefits you see there? Great question. Oh, cash flow. Yeah. I mean, three to four times. Broken bow? No. Well, no. So we have the midterm rental where we rent by the month only. And then we have the short-term rental. So we have both. Those are here. Yeah. So we have the the monthly rentals here and they're furnished rentals. Those are two to three times. Mm -hmm. And then the cash flow up in Broken Bow, it's a very, that's a complex question Mm -hmm. though, what you do on cash flow there, because it depends on what your mortgage package is, how you finance it. I agree. Yeah. And then what type of product do you have? Like Sean has more luxury high end. I have more mid-level in Broken Bow. And so the numbers are a little different Mm -hmm. on that, but we're, very pleased with the cash flow on the mid-level product, if you will. It's probably, it'll be double to three mm-hmm. times what I would do on an annual here in Dallas. Yeah. For the same investment, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, I just want to get your perspective. That was mine. That's why I kind of got yeah. into that originally, because I have a property that gets a lot less traffic, a lot less wear and tear, because people are coming into it for a week or a couple of days, and they take care of the property. It's not they're living in it, so right. they don't... They treat it a lot differently than if they're living in it, right? And then, like I said, you can charge a lot more per night because they're on vacation, right? And then they're, so it, to me, I've seen the same thing. It's, the cash flow has been a huge thing. And it's actually a property that, I don't know, we use ours a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you go up to yours often. Going to, last last year I was up there five times, and then this year, twice so far. That's pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we're, up, we're up there quite a lot. And it works out really well for us because with our schedule being flexible as it is, we don't necessarily block the time. We just go when it's vacant. Mm, sure. You know, yeah. t- it's Sunday. We see nobody's going to rent yeah. it Monday through Thursday. Right. So you just shoot up there real quick. Right. So it works well. 
Well, I think it's a great way to keep tabs on what's going on up there, right? That's how you are doing it. Yeah, that's a good reason to do it. That's not our reason. Sure. You're, ta- <laughs> you're trying to take time away. I get it. So you brought up an interesting question. So, Sean, I'm going to bounce this one over to you. Cash versus financing on these things. I mean, obviously, pe- the viewpoint is, is if you finance, that cuts into your cash flow. But if you pay cash, you spend all your cash. <laughs> yeah, I just I think it depends on how much how liquid you are. Right. And what your goal, your business model and your goal is, because if, if I'm paying cash for a million dollar property, I and that's all I have. Then I'm building one property. I'm getting good cash flow on it, and, you know, from that property. But I would rather build take that million and build six properties with it. Right. And then I'm going to make tons more from a cash flow perspective. Even though I have the mortgages, multiple mortgages, I have cash flow for six properties versus one. That's how I look at it. It's going to outrun it in a cash flow and it's going to outrun it because I'm going to make appreciation on six properties versus one. Right. You know, I would always, my original mentor in finance told me use somebody else's money. Yep. That was 20 years ago. And I, I live by that. And I, I finance homes for people that are worth $500 million. People are like, why are they not, why are they financing it? Cause they live by that motto, mm-hmm. you know, cause I would, they can use their money to invest and make more cap, you know, do, do it differently. So, article last week elon musk had all his california houses were leveraged right richest man in the world and he had mortgages hundred eighty thousand a month or something was his mortgage payments i think it's smart to use other people's money i do it all the time right sean gives me sean gives it to me (laughs) but yeah i would definitely not pay cash for a property it just doesn't make sense financially to me because i can look at it 10 different ways on paper and it does not make sense to do that to pay it full just because i get a higher cash flow but that's maybe your goal is only to do one but I would rather just keep building those. And then that cash flow, like my cash flow for a mine goes into an LLC account. And as soon as I have enough for a down payment on another property, I build another property. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I just keep on doing that and because um, I don't need the cash flow. To me, right. it's, it's building down payment for the next one because I want to have so many X amount of properties in 20 years that are all paid off. And at that point, I have a massive portfolio of investments that are cash flowing like crazy that I can either keep or liquidate some if I want or leave to my kids. But that's my goal for it, you know. But I think you're definitely going to be better from a cash flow perspective using that amount of lump sum money to build as many as you can versus building one. So, okay, so uh, we're going to finance, right? We're not going to pay cash. And then what is what, are the, what does it look like? What does somebody need to have prepared um, to put in an offer and want to go under contract on a house? So what are we talking about, down payment and things like that? General market, if it's their first one, they can probably get away with a second home if they plan on going out there. I think the requirement's like 10 days a year or something, then they can do 10% down. Uh, we do have some in-house products with our company where we can do 10% down on investment properties where no one else can really do that. Um, but Fannie May requires 20% down for their investment properties. Freddie Mac requires 15% down. So you can get away with that. So it, it's a nice little chunk of change on a yeah, million dollar property. Yeah, it could be a nice little <laughs> chunk of change. So a lot of my investors will leverage me because they want to use the 10% down investment mm-hmm. properties because they look at it like that. I'd rather save my money and yep. use somebody else's money to to do that. But then okay. you have to crunch some numbers, you know, with your you know, your balance sheet to make sure that with the mortgage, the management fees, taxes, insurance, like everything you put into that house that it's making money for you. Right. Yeah, we looked at one um, the realtor had uh, brought to my attention. It was um, an existing property. I'm looking more turnkey. I don't, I don't have, I don't have the bandwidth to build. But we were looking at the numbers, and I had asked her. I said, "Well, what's the net? What is the net on this property?" And she said, she told me a number, and then she said, "But that's before this, 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 and this." And I was like, "Okay, well, what's the net?" 
And she goes, well, this is the net, but you still got this. I'm like, do you know what the net is? Do you know what that means? (laughs) It's like, how much money did this person get deposited into their bank account once everything was done. <laughs> Challenge with that is she's not going to know. That's right. She has no idea what kind of mortgage they have on that property. They could, have, they could have had it paid off. They could have had a, you know. Well, I would think that know. they would be disclosing most of that, right? Or at least, what do they? What, what do people have to disclose about? No, nothing. none of that. Occupancy rates, uh, night rental amount per night. They usually will tell you all that and mm-hmm. they'll give you the management company's rental breakdown because they want to try to sell it. This is how much it's renting. Right. You can get all that, but they won't tell you any of their personal expenses, you know, on the property. And you don't know what, what write-offs they buried into that. Yeah. So really you have to look at it at a high level. This is, this is what we, and you have to be conservative on occupancy. And that's a trend I see on the Facebook groups up there specifically is people are concerned about occupancy rate and they, indicates to me maybe they're over leveraged so you have to be really careful on what occupancy rates are and then you back into the number mm-hmm. and this is what it's going to cost me for utilities and property management etc cetera, etc cetera. and then can you live with that estimated net right but I've, it's all driven by occupancy mm-hmm. and rate and rate will vary based on occupancy the lower the occupancy the lower the rate will go so okay. people are typically seeing 60 to I've read 85, 90%, depending on the type of product they have up there. If they're, if they built their budget on, they have to have 75% and then they drop down to 50% occupancy. They're going to change their nightly rate to get that. Yeah. That was something that was interesting. And I didn't really um, necessarily ask her to deep dive into it, but I had some more questions about it. She said that this one particular property had qualified to be bumped up to a different rating cabin that would qualify it to um, ask for more, um, ask for a higher nightly rate. And so is that something that's set by them? I can't say how much I want to charge. Well, that's set by the management company, but most of them will work with you on their own pricing. They'll negotiate, say, hey, this is what we suggest. Are you okay with it? Or you can just say, you do what you want to do if you don't want to be hands off. But they set that with their, their, portfolio that if they hit a certain rating they bump the price up because it is occupancy rate is high so yep. then hey we could charge a little bit more for this cabin because it's it's still running it's out. in demand exactly it's in mm-hmm. demand so they see one it is like that and they'll bump the rate up on it and they try to keep pushing that envelope to they find the sweet spot right they, this is the max i think i can charge to keep this good occupancy right. rate right it, and then that's what it's a balance right exactly. rate and occupancy <clears throat> so in, in the luxuries there the rates are typically much higher and the occupancy mm-hmm. typically a little lower right? than on like a mid-level what I have. So we're typically around 70%. Some of the big mm-hmm. cabins run 50% because right. it's mostly weekends. Right. Just but very different charge, rates. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's and a they're, charging, you know, they're charging a huge different price That's point right. because you have five families maybe sharing that. That's right. To afford it. But then you, since you're charging that much more, you break even days to a lot less. Yep. Okay. So um, what should you expect to pay a property manager up there? But there's anywhere from, I've heard, 10% for a hybrid up to 30%. What is hybrid? Hybrid what? So they're doing, they're managing the marketing, they're managing the bookings, you're managing the maintenance and the cleaning and that kind of stuff. That sounds terrible. So <laughs> I'll be real It's honest. a job. I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't live there, doing the self-manager, even hybrid, is challenging because you got to find that person that's going to yeah. do that for you. Or stay and make on top sure they're not going to go in and steal everything. Right. And, yeah. and with, with 
it's it's those ten o'clock calls. The, the yeah, gas grill won't light, or the the heat went out, or something. What do you you know? And you're trying to find somebody. A property manager has somebody on staff twenty four seven. That's the last thing I want to deal with. Right? Like uh, to me, a lot of the management companies say charging were twenty five to thirty percent, mm-hmm. okay. which seems like a lot. But when you don't have any of the headache, and they they balance everything for you, they a lot of them they have different policies where they can certain things they cover, certain things they don't. They'll let you know, hey, we have to do this, and you know you you cut that through your your fees, but to me, the if I was just doing one cabin, maybe the hybrid would be something I could do. But when I plan on doing ten to twenty, I don't have time to any do any of that because I just want to. I want to just have somebody else manage it for me, and that's that. That fee is well worth it to me. Plus, you got the it's a tax. It's part of your write offs. Anyway, oh yeah, so, it's quality of life. You, you know, have a full time day. You're grinding during the day. Right. You don't have time to take that phone call. Why doesn't the fireplace come on? Right. And that is why, kids, I turned over all of my properties <laughs> as a property manager. Here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do our other one. We manage our other properties here locally, but up there, it's just too much. Well, mm. I think it's, you know, it's really important to, I feel like to kind of stay in my lane, right? And I'm an expert in what I'm an expert in. You're an expert in what you're an expert in. I ain't trying, you know, I'm not trying to be you and I don't want you to be me and yep. we'll all work together and it'll be great, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think um, a property manager up there is a solid idea. I mean, I when I brought on the property manager here, Chris Oleg, he's awesome um, and has taken really good care of my properties. You know, it came down to, you don't even think about even some of the little things like the bookkeeping and stuff. So, right. you know, I got my little 1099 from him at the end of the year. I have a login to his account. I can pull up each one of my properties. I can see every dime that's been spent on all of the properties. And I don't have to track that stuff or keep up with it myself. And so for me, um, it was even just little benefits that I didn't even think about like that above and beyond, oh my God, the water heater broke again. Can you get a plumber out there? Right? Right. So I enjoy deferring those sorts of things to other people. But I know that there's people out there that do want to do it themselves because in some way they feel that they're going to be able to capitalize bigger. Well, I think whether you're in Broken Bow or Hochitown or, or Hot Springs, it doesn't matter what geographic area you have a, a short-term rental in, having a property management team, they have the depth of the service providers that you don't have. So even if I had two or three electricians and I ran into this trying to do something on my own up there, I had two electricians, neither one of them could do the work that I needed done in the time frame. The property manager had 10 mm-hmm. and I just called them. I paid a couple of, a, a little bit more money for it, but it just makes it a lot easier when you need something done at the cabin and or at your rental property, right. regardless of the geographic area. Exactly. Yeah, I think I, I think that the water heater busting was the, the <laughs> defining moment for me. And I was like, yeah, and I'm done. <laughs> um, we kind of tapped into this a little bit, and I'm curious about it too. Um, are we seeing are going to see a downward trend in occupancy rates in Broken Bow? I mean, it skyrocketed in popularity mm-hmm. during the pandemic, right? And so now as things are opening up more and people are feeling more comfortable to travel, do we expect to see a downward trend um, in, in people wanting to go up there? My opinion and that that I have is no, not for the immediate future, mainly because Dallas has grown 300,000 people a year. That's adding to that population growth. Plus, it's not only gaining popularity, but it's it's filling up. And the builders can only build so much, right? There's only so many builders out there. There's not a lot that are coming in from outside of there. There's some contractors, but you only have so many builders there. They can only build. They're building a lot, but they can only build at a certain capacity, which mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to outrun 
the demand, um, and especially with some of the occupancy rates, I think there's still plenty of you know time to do that. I always compare Broken Bow to uh, Gallenberg, Tennessee. So Where Tennessee? Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Gatlinburg, uh, Gatlinburg Tennessee. If you Google, it's a lot like Broken Bow, but it's probably thirty years ahead of Broken mm-hmm. Bow, and it has amazing cabins, infrastructure. There's it's kind of like it's like Broken Bow and Park City put together, mm-hmm. right? And it's mm-hmm. a really pretty place, but it has no population draw. Like everybody, there's nothing within six hours of it. Like you can fly in and drive, and it's the middle of nowhere kind of thing, and it is booked out all the time. It doesn't even have this population of a huge metroplex within mm-hmm. four hours. It's close. Okay. Like it's it's one of the few gyms that has that because that's why it's the number one VRBS by the nation right now because mm-hmm. it has this massive inf- influx of metroplex people that can be there within four hours and it's something unique. Um, so I don't think it'll get you know. Plus they're adding more unique things. They're building out casinos and a lot of other ventures that people are looking at doing out there. <clears throat> I think the draw is going to increase. And I just don't see the, the builders outrunning that demand anytime soon. Short term, I, th- I think long term, mm-hmm. I agree with Sean. It, it, it's going to continue to go up. Short term, we're going to see peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be. But th- th- that's true. And that's, I mean, that's everywhere. Yeah. I think there's going to be big shifts in what people are renting and what they want up there. Okay. That's my next question. Mm-hmm. So don't spoil it. <laughs> I mean, that is a, a good question. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what do people want when they go there? So as an investor, mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about the one one being kind of a no bueno kind of idea just because the cash flow is not there. Um, and and you need to consider the families going up there, kids. There's a lot of houses with multiple bedrooms, multiple bathrooms, bunk bunk beds. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't have a hot tub, you don't want it. <laughs> or you better be prepared to buy a hot tub. Uh, so let's talk about what people want when they go up there. I mean, hot tubs are a necessity, fire pit. You don't, I've never seen a cabin that have a hot tub and fire pit. Yeah, I know. I haven't either. It says that's required, yeah. right? Just because that's part of that environment. And then, like I said, the, the, you know, if you're renting, I mean, when we go up there, we're looking for a nice space. I prefer, I'd love one with a creek on it or water close by, something kind of fun for the kids. Some of them are on ponds, some of them are creeks. Mm-hmm. That's kind of neat. But you can always go to the lake and go to the rivers of fishing, but some people just kind of like that. Um, and we talked about a lot of people like the cabin look. Right, you know, we were talking them, about that today. You have the old school cabins mm-hmm. up there that have been there for twenty years, and you have the ones like ten years ago. You can see when you can tell when it was built because it changes the demand. Now it's like this high lux cabin hybrid. I saw right? one that looks like my house yeah. in Salina. <laughs> yeah, some of the, the, the French country style yeah. wood with the white in them. Yes. and there's a lot of those going up because they kind of the French country. Um, you know, I have some plan plans I'm looking at that are a little bit different. They're more like a mountain ski lodge type of design. It's a little bit different than what's up there because I'm trying to look at something different. And see, I really like that idea a lot. I don't know about renting a place that looks like my house. So that's on int- the inside. No, that's what I'm talking about. That's interesting because I ask everybody that sees ours and either online or they've been mm-hmm. there. What do you think? What kind of cabin are you looking for? And they want something unique. They don't want to go stay in typically in a cabin that's like their house. Mm-hmm. And, and now for some people, they want that high end luxury. That's not what they live in every day. And they're doing a family reunion or something. And that really works. But I think what's going to be more popular is as they as we see more build out with cabins is the more unique the cabin mm-hmm. is, the more it will rent. For sure. Okay. So what, looks, what is unique about a cabin in Broken Bow? What ha, does that mean? So it has a, there's, there's some up there with slides inside yeah. and out of them. 
Inside, so, right? There's inside one. and outside. Do you really want to right? oh, yeah. build a house with a slide? That's because it's, it's just that, booked. Yeah, that, like that cabin we're talking about is like occupants for 24 people, tons of kids. Yeah. So I've seen some of them building out with these. The bunk bedrooms have bridges in them that go across, all netted in, and they're doing just making it so it's you look at it, you're like, wow, that's really cool because they cool. want to go somewhere different. You know, it's like, okay, do you need additional insurance? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, yeah. I mean, I actually, one of the very first ones I stayed in seven years ago, it was a brand new build, huge cabin, and they had it in the advertisement, a big slide from the second deck down to the fire pit. And I got there and it wasn't hooked up. I'm like, hey, I thought the slide, like, no, the insurance wouldn't allow it. So I think that was their policy or they didn't want to pay the extra fee for right, it was probably right, more likely right. than the insurance company not doing it because they will, but you got to pay a high right. premium for it. But the, the thing is, like we get back to is the niche. What makes your stand out from the pictures? What does it have? I love huge showers in mine. I like them to walk in. They're, they're like the shower's three times bigger than the one they have in their house. Like something exotic or big kitchens, open floor plans to me really go well because you vast windows in the back that look out in the trees nice deck covering, you know, outdoor fireplaces to me is a big thing. But unique. The more unique it is, and that was one thing that the property manager told me, is the more unique the cabin is, the more it will rent. Whether exactly. you like it or not, it's not mm -hmm. your house. It may not be a, a, you know, you may own it, but yeah. it may be a cabin that you would never live in, but it's unique and it, it creates demand. People want to stay in a unique okay, property. But I can see that being really easy for a new construction property. But if you're looking for something that's an existing property, more turnkey, the stuff that I've been seeing on that have come on, on them on their MLS is not that. But not everybody wants the, the high-end luxury, unique properties. Some people want to go to that cabin feel. So then that becomes a location. Mm -hmm. Where's that cabin at? Is it close to the infrastructure of everything going on in Hocha Town? Will it be close to the casino? That's a game changer. We don't know how much right. yet, but how far are you from the casino? Do we know where the casino is being built? It is. It's right now. Yeah, right now. It's just north of Ida Bell, like going into Broken Bow, yep. that area, so kind of between the town. It's right okay. at And they're building a, a, um, a new um, grocery store and stuff that will be up there, so yep. you don't have to go clear back to Ida Bell to get your groceries mm -hmm. and things. So That's already there. The building's there, that yeah. small one. Yeah. North, that's up by where you're building. But the, the casino will be a game changer because they're going to have an outdoor venue. They're going to have restaurants, mm -hmm. shopping, and it's what eight hundred acres they're developing for that casino. Mm -hmm. It's not a big casino, but it's going to bring a lot of different opportunities, different infrastructure things. Yeah, to do. and I understand that. I was just trying to, you know, you guys had been talking to me about what makes this, you know, the cabin that you're looking at different, and. I was having a hard time trying to pinpoint what that might be with some of the ones I'm seeing coming it's online. A hard, it's a hard answer because it depends yeah. on what, what do they want, right? It, it's not everybody doesn't want the cabin feel. Everybody doesn't want the French country. Somebody likes more of a modern style. I've seen mm -hmm. some that there's, you know, a couple of them that are really modern. Um, I guess maybe the best question for the property manager would be what is renting out the most? You know, what what does the, the what do these cabins have? Well, that, that data is available on AirDNA. Oh, I forget. I yeah. always forget about. You can the go website. to AirDNA and see what size cabin rents, mm -hmm. and, and you can pull a lot of data. What the what the good property managers are going to have, they're going to have inside information, if you will, about what what do what's the feedback they hear. The numbers will tell you one mm -hmm. thing, but one of the key things you want in a vacation rental is repeat business. Mm -hmm. If you're always trying to find new new guests, then you're going to struggle. If you have a lot of repeat people coming back, you want to build a following, if you will. And I think you're going to do that by having a quality product at a great price, but trying to offer something a little different like Sean's doing with the super luxury. Some of the things we're doing will make a difference in time. 
uh, on the cabin that we have. And I think the, to your question is you have to try and do something different there than everybody else. So at one point, no one had hot tubs. Now they all do. Mm -hmm. They didn't have outdoor gym sets, gym, whatever they're called with the yeah. slides and stuff. For kids. So people are constantly ramping up the amenities at their cabins. So when you buy one, if it's pre-existing with a, with a consistent uh, trend of bookings, what can you do to make it better? What can you add to that cabin? What mm -hmm. amenity can you add? Yeah, there's one with a, a basketball court out back. Yeah, there's I one. They so. just built a, yeah. a quarter court by, by a cabin we right. have. Somebody built a, a pickleball court. Mm -hmm. pickle, pickle, pickleball. 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 Yep. They have a pickleball court. So they're just trying to make it where people, because a lot of people don't want to go leave the cabin and go right. into town and... Or it's not really a town, but they don't like to leave the cabin. So that way they have all the amenities there for to keep the no, family busy. No, I think that's busy. part of what makes Broken Bow Broken Bow yeah. is that you, you pretty much don't. You don't yeah. have to leave. So okay, I, mean, I have to leave to go eat the pizza place because it's the best pizza I've ever had in the country. Right? Really? Pizza coast to coast. Okay, so have you amazing. had pizza at the Mountain Fork? Yes. Mountain Fork or Grateful Dead? I haven't Great, had Mountain Fork. I like Fork. Grateful Dead. Okay. So Grateful Head, actually. Yeah. Grateful Head. So they actually put one in um, Forest Hot Springs, too. Oh, really? Yeah, they put a second one over there. So I just saw that little debate <clears throat> taking place it on is, Facebook is. recently. Mountain Fork. Mountain Fork's really good, but doesn't touch. Grateful Head's Grateful better. Head. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Beer's, no, but beer's okay. better at Mountain Fork. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I, I mean, that's one of our kids even, they love it. But, you know, the band's on the weekend outside yeah. and stuff. So it's a fun little atmosphere and over by the brewery. Now yep. they have a band out back there, all the decks and stuff. So it's really neat. Yep. But yeah, like I seen one cabin up there we're talking about uniqueness that has a purple marble floor through the whole cabin, bright purple. That's interesting. And that cabin is slammed. And it is always booked. You you look at it, you on the line, you look like you're looking at it's a '60s type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like very you think, psychedelic you think colors. Lives there. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it books because it's you never have that it's in your house, but it's unique. Okay, purple floors. Got yeah. it. <laughs> the, the stranger, the better. And when we met with the property manager that we're using, that's one of the things he said. The stranger, the better. Yours is Irish theme. Yeah, has or an <laughs> Irish name. There's a little Irish theme there, but luck okay. of the Irish is what Sean's it is got now. giant showers. You've got that's right. The pool. Right, we have a pool now. Yeah, and the theme is it goes a long way. You know, the one that I have that's about a month away from being done is called Winterfell. And it, after Game of Thrones, right? Because on you the got back, the producer laughing yeah, over there. We have a big, is, we have a big thumbs up yeah, on that We one. have a big white creek, <laughs> a creek behind our cabin, and there's this big white tree. Well, the first time I saw it, I saw like, the Game of Thrones tree. Yeah. So we call it a Winterfell, and so we have a whole Game of Thrones theme. Like I have wolves all over in the cabin. It's all a lot of you know the that kind of look. Yeah. Which so. would be, I mean, people will go there because it's themed. Yeah. And they want to be in that environment. The kids will be in the back playing swords or whatever. Right. On that, yeah, and then we're building a, on the other side of the creek. We have that lot. Though the fire pit is, we're building a, a playground that looks like a castle. Yep. So that's going to be out in the trees. Of course trace. you are. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just like things but, like but that. That's, that's the uniqueness, what, right? Yeah. That's the uniqueness. There's cabins of that same size all up and down that road, but his is unique with the theme, and people will go because of that theme. Right. Haven't seen any of those on MLS either. And even like the one that's, <laughs> the, yeah, the one that's being built right now, that's it's the builder told me, he's like, you have the biggest shower in Broken Bow. Like yeah. It has two masters on the bottom, and they're six foot by 13 foot showers. You know, two overhead, four foot rain showers. It's a good thing you jets. have a property management company like, yeah, handling it's, that. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. I mean, but that's to me, those are the wow factors yeah. that I look for. You got to have right? a wow factor. So before we wrap up, um, in case you don't want to, to actually do the purchase mm -hmm. investing in Broken Bow, you have an alternative for people, Sean. You want to talk about that? Sure. So I, I started a capital investment company two years ago. So what that is, is 
um, I raise capital and then I build vacation homes with that capital, right? And so some people don't either don't have, they can't go and build it or they don't know how to do that. And maybe they don't want to get into an investment property. Maybe they can't from a debt low perspective or maybe from their financing, they can't do that, but they want to get in on it or they just want to say, here's some money and I want to return on it. Right. So a lot of time that's what happens is they're like, okay, here's, here's an X amount of dollars. And then that money goes toward a down payment on say one of the cabins I'm building. Um, and then I build a, build a cabin and they get that percent of appreciation uh, return every single month. And I do a yearly guarantee on that money. It's actually 12%. So they actually get a pretty good return on their money. And then they get that percent of whatever they put down is, is the value of the home. So say it's a million dollar property, they put a hundred thousand down, they have to, they own 10% of that cabin. They have a lien on the cabin. So they own the, that percentage of it. And then they get that percent of appreciation. So then they get their values, money's appreciating, plus they get they get mailbox money in every month. Who doesn't like mailbox? Right? So, <laughs> so that's that's what good. I do with that. So and yeah. I have multiple investors that do that because they just that's what they want to do. Yeah, it's a great way to get your you know stick your toe into right. investing without. With minimal effort. Yeah. And I work it up where they can have so many vacation days a month in the cabin if oh, they want. Oh, you do? I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. So we can we work that all in depending on, that's kind of ad hoc how they want to say, I want to go be able to take, you know, I want eight days a year up in the cabin when I go up there. And then we work out how that impacts their percentage, you know, from because you're using a loss of rent, but they still, you know, cover that. Uh, comes out of their return, but still they, they're able to do that and have a little piece of it, get some good return on their money. Because you can't get twelve percent on the stock market without with this kind of this year, oh, <laughs> right? the stock market. So, <laughs> plus you get a return, and and I'll give them options. Hey, I'll give you a five year and ten year buyout option. So, say at the end of five years, you're kind of you're wanting out. Then, okay, here's your check of your percent of ownership for the whole cabin based on that value at that time, and you can walk away. Love it. I'll make sure that your information is included in case anybody wants to sure. reach out to you for that or if they need help financing their new Broken Bow investment property. Of course. I just put a big billboard up there. It goes live. You did? April, oh, April did you? 1, yeah. Oh, nice. The big digital one. Yeah. So it'll it'll rotate up there, but it's like, why rent your vacation home when you can own it? And so it, a lot of people come to me because like if whether it be a cash flow or they're just uh, a niche product, they're having trouble getting financing. We do a lot of in-house stuff with the credit union. So that's a big the in-house is huge. I, I don't think people really fully understand how important it is to be with a lender that provides in-house portfolio lending. There are always unique situations mm -hmm. where the conforming loans just doesn't work. Right. And when you have somebody like Sean who can look at it and shift you into a different product and get what you want, especially with investment, investing uh, investment products, it's fantastic. I agree. He did ours. I'm glad he did. Yeah, and I, I do loans coast to coast. I have one guy in the that's a president of a mortgage uh, real estate company lives in Pennsylvania. He owns his own mortgage company and title company, mm -hmm. but he comes to me for his properties because he knew, I knew a better deal or less money down than his own mortgage me company. Can tell do. Stories like that. You know, and it, it's their own, he has the option, but he comes yeah. to me because he's like, I want to put 10% down on a $1.4 million house in Florida where he can't do that himself right. for his own company. That yeah. portfolio lending is yeah. huge. People just don't want to have a full appreciation for that. And a lot of people just don't fit into those standard boxes, right. whether, That's right. you know, it's, whether it's even for your primary home. Or they don't know about them. Or they're self-employed and they can't get finance anywhere else because they write everything off. They take a bunch of taxes, take right. advantage of taxes, or they've been self-employed under two years. Mm -hmm. You know, those are things we can look at from a portfolio standpoint. Okay. Anything else that we need to touch on before we wrap up for today? I think we did a good job. Buy an investment property. Yep. And then we'll... Uh, Title work through lawyer's title. They're yeah. amazing. They get all my work. That's so. exactly right. 
Well, thank you, David. Thank you, Sean, thank for you. joining me um, on another episode of Spilling the LT. Again, I'm your host, Tamara Gady. Thank you for joining us. Again, if you like my content, you will love my escrow team. So make sure that you give me an opportunity to earn your business. Go on to all of my social media platforms, like, share, subscribe, comment, and uh, I'll make sure you know how to reach these two for any investment advice. Thanks, thanks for joining us today and make it a great day. Thank you.